Mining Stock Daily. I'm Kylie Williams, and today I'm joined by Dan Myerson, Executive Chairman and CEO of 4N Mining Corporation. Welcome, Dan. Hello, Kylie. Thanks for having me. Last week, 4N made some big announcements, from pledging to become the world's first carbon-neutral copper development project, to granting stock options and some trading news. But before we jump into all the news, can you tell us a little bit more about 4N Mining? I understand you're new to the company yourself. Can you tell us what drew you to 4N? Definitely, definitely. Um, well, I'll start by giving you the, the background because, um, as you said, I'm, I am new. I only joined in November last year. Um, I've been familiar with the company for uh, a number of years. So uh, previously, I was uh, the head of Glencore's North America business, uh, mainly responsible for zinc. I saw their drill results in 2015 when they drilled one of their uh, sort of secondary deposits, uh, which was Big Stone at the time. Um, and they hit 100 meters at 2% copper. And I remember seeing that and I was just like, wow, that is impressive. Uh, and then I looked a little bit deeper and I saw, you, you know, the, the, the two main guys behind it were Darren Morecambe and Pierre Lassonde. Um, and I'd known, uh, you know, both those guys. I know everyone's pretty much heard of Pierre Lassonde. Um and sort of when they do something or when they speak, you listen. So um, I actually went to, to go meet up with them and, and asked them about it. And I was like, wow, guys, you must be so happy. And uh, they, they were both, uh, they were, they were both uh, said, no, the opposite. We're devastated because, you know, that was when uh, yeah, Pierre taught me, you know, how, what creates value in a mining company. And um, it was really three things, which is number one, you need a long life asset. Um, number two, you need to start it at the right time in the pricing and cycle because with these long life, low cost assets, you know, they will make money through whatever point in the cycle, but it's more about maximizing it at the beginning because that's when you pay your capex and that's when you can expand and, and all of that. Um, so, so they didn't have the pricing cycle and, and, you know, we all remember 2015, mm-hmm. um, and it was a very, very bad time for commodities. So it was, it was, it was a unique thing because it was like an opportunity because I think because the, the market was so sort of clouded by the, the bearishness around commodities, people missed the, the fantastic results. And, you know, not only to just the grades but as, and, and, and the length of the intercept, but when you started looking at the whole camp and how much they have all together, um, I was sort of very excited because I was like, wow, this is, you know, going to be something really big. Um and um, so that's what sort of piqued my interest. And then that's what really started the discussion. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky that uh, we were able to, to work out a deal. And then um, uh, I ultimately left, um, left, left my position at Glencore and, and bought in into the company. Yeah, and, and joined in as the executive chairman and, and CEO. And um, it was very important for me to, to put uh, money in and uh, into the company. So I've put about two and a half million dollars of my own uh, into, into it. Um, and I don't take a salary, a, a cash salary. I'm paid solely in, in DSUs. Um, and the reason we do that is, is, again, you know, that was the number three about creating value for in, in a mining company. And you need to have honest, capable and aligned management. So it was really important uh, that, um, you know, I believe in, in the story a lot. So obviously, I would like to own equity, but um, to show other investors that, you know, we are in this together, all other stakeholders and the rest of society together. It's going well so far. 
Excellent. Well, that's the number one thing. Um, you know, there's so many important elements, but the number one is um, a good team that's committed to the project. So yes. you're right over there on the eastern edge of Saskatchewan um, with some pretty good neighbours in that district. Um, Flin Flon's just over the border there. Uh, what? Tell us a little bit more about the geology uh, of the project and the area. It's, uh, it continues along the Flinflon Greenstone Belt. And as you know, that's been sort of going for the last 100 years. Um, and it's very, very similar in that it's a VHMS um, with a number of clusters uh, deposits. Uh, with Makovina Bay as, as our sort of core, core deposit where we'll start, um, and that'll be the base for our centralised mill. Uh, as we expand throughput, we'll start bringing in our neighbouring uh, cluster deposits, which are Big Stone, Thunder, Belsham, Flinty, uh, and, and a whole host of, of new targets which we've identified already. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a mature zone, um, well, a mature area, but it sounds like a, a fresh new zone that you're you're tapping into there. Yeah, look, it's largely untouched, and I think that the the reason for that is because you you know to, to the, the 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 west of the the. Um, sorry, the east of, of the, the belt already has just been giving for so much for so long. Um, so we're, we're almost, uh, you know, in the new part, which is very exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's jump to your announcement this week about wanting to be the world's first zero carbon copper, copper producer um, from day one. You said in the news that this is an audacious goal, and uh, I absolutely agree with you. Um, how are you going to achieve this goal? Um, yeah, so it's, it is audacious, but I think it's the only way to live. Um, but, um, it's actually funny. We started out as, as a thing, thinking it was very, really audacious, but, you know, as you work through, it's proving not, not to be that, that difficult. And again, but it's not that difficult because we're very lucky. Um, and we, we are so lucky, um, because the time at which we are starting to build our mine um, with where electric equipment has come to, you know, if we wanted to do this five years ago, I don't think the technology was necessarily there. However, today it's, you know, widely adopted. And I, I don't think, you know, any new mine would, would be running on diesel powered uh, equipment anymore. Um, so, so we're very lucky in that sense. So um, how we get to that is, we have a very, very uh, major head start in that, you know, our power comes from hydropower and that's one of the blessings about being in Canada and having the availability of hydropower. Um, so that gives us a huge head start. Um, and then what we'll do is we, we've started, um, you know, working with a number of providers for electric equipment, uh, electric vehicles, all of that, which are your key sort of emitters. Um, and then using this electric electric equipment um, and vehicles, this enables us to to further reduce our CO two emissions. And 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 by doing that, it means you know our ventilation requirements are going to be significantly less than you know a typical underground mine, which leads to you the your opex reductions, capex reductions. So it's um, you know while it's the right thing to do for the world, it's also the right thing to do for for business. And and you know the the, the comparison I like to make is if you're going to buy a cell phone today are you going to buy a nokia or a motorola from the 90s <laughs> or are you going to buy an apple iphone or a samsung galaxy um and also you're looking back on the last uh 10 years of of exploration and development activity um and you're going to like compensate for that um those carbon emissions how how are you planning to do that 
we found it was actually possible to go back and and you know estimate what we what we did what we'd uh, emitted using all our exploration activities in the past um and we thought well if we can do that then you know we should be responsible and and buy offsets um, for 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 those previous things. So, you know, it enables us to to really show our commitment and then you know make us effectively carbon neutral today as a developer. Bringing in uh, consultants and compensating for previous emissions, um, there must be some costs associated with that, um, and perhaps some hurdles that you've had to overcome. How do you? How do you demonstrate that return on investment um, to your board and, and to your shareholders? As you said, in accounting for all of the, for all of that and paying for that, it's not free, um, and we can't we can't change that. But what we can do is invest in the future, and so we've done that by working with Carbon Zero and Synergy Enterprises uh, to identify these projects that will generate the the, the offsets, and that's what we've invested in with them. Um, and the investment is not substantial. It's we we'll, we we estimate around a hundred thousand um, dollars, because you know activities have been really sort of confined in the past and haven't had too much uh, emissions, and that's where the the prices of of the offsets are trading today. Um, and but we you know we also take a view on on carbon uh, sort of credits as as a future commodity and we think those will continue to go up in price so we thought now's the right time um and um and and then yeah we we investing for the future effectively yeah absolutely and you know the the price on carbon is is definitely a factor playing into every new development um whether it be mining or or anything else so Getting it right from the beginning is is wise. So, and and yes, and sorry to to interrupt you there, Carly. But I mean, the 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 other thing is it's it's not only the right thing to do, um, as I as I said before, but it's it's very much, um, you know, a business decision in that you you know building a sustainable project and and operating producer will ensure that as I, the, the word you know there's no better word than sustainable will ensure that you are sustainable and can last for you know decades to come and not only that will be truly more economical than your traditional sort of uh, modes mm, absolutely so let's talk finance uh you closed a 25 million private placement back in february do you want to tell me a bit more about that Sure. So, um, yeah, we did that um, in, in February. That was really to fund us for, for this year, which I'll get into uh, what we're working on this year. Um, the, the placement went very well. We we're about four times oversubscribed. Um, so a lot of interest and a lot of support, which is is really nice to, to have. The funds the funds raised will will be used uh, to to fund our activities for for this year. And what those are are essentially focused on on your drill program, which will happen from now. Well, it's not happening in January, but it's happening from January until October. And um, I'll just take a moment to explain a little bit about the drill program because it's quite important for your listeners, I'm sure. Um, so we've got really a two-prong approach uh, at Macalvina Bay. Um, and Macalvina Bay is where it, the, and the drilling we've designed for that is going to be to increase the overall resource um, and to show the growth even further because it's still open up to down dip along strike. Um, and um, as you've seen in the, the, the recent results that we've released to the market, um, we've had some tremendous grades um, of, of copper and gold. Um, 
So so you'll 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 do that first, and then at the same time we are going to be um, you know increasing the drill density, uh, which will be important for reclassifying into reserve status when we release our BFS uh, in Q4 of this year. And the main reason why we do that is because you know with the NI43101 standards, uh, your your life of mine is essentially your life of reserve. So with an underground deposit, um, you'll never drill all the way down. Um, it's just an inefficient allocation of capital, number one. Number two, it's rather expensive and difficult drilling. So there's a reason why these deposits you know, continue to extend for decade after decade after decade. Um, and and but that's all that's a little bit about the the background and the rationale for our drilling at Macalvina Bay and our goals from that and then after the Macalvina Bay we'll move to Big Stone um which I alluded to in in our introductory question um and one that I'm especially excited about um as well as the the the, the copper and gold trends near there uh, that near that part of our land package um we have a number of other deposits that we would like to to test as well uh, for which is Thunder, Flinty, Balsam, um, and then we have a, a number of exciting new to tar- new targets as well. So we'll 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 start looking at all of that, and then what we would do is we rank uh, the probabilities um, and and priorities. Uh, sorry, not probabilities; it's priorities um, to maximise our returns for for our equity holders because. Uh, really, that's what we've got to start demonstrating, and that's that's sort of what we're doing with with the whole program. And then we'll start to articulate a bit a bit better and bring the whole story together. How we have our centralized mill, uh, which you feed from Macalbina Bay, then supplementary deposit from big uh, supplementary ore from Big Stone and others as we expand throughput, uh, because we do have a goal of of you know being one of the bigger producers, um, not only in North America but you know. Um, in, in the world on a copper equivalent basis because we have a lot of silver, gold and zinc as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for your time today. Is there any um, forward-looking news that you would like to mention or any news that's coming up in the next couple of months that would be of interest to uh, to our audience? Um, I'd say the, the the main thing would be to the, the, the drill results that will continue coming probably until uh, October or or. Probably further on, we'll, we will we we think we'll con- continue further into next year as well. Um, we will uh, the BFS will be coming in Q4 of this year. Uh, we'll have another resource and reserve update uh, later in the year. Um, first at Macalbina Bay, then then one at Big Stone. Um, uh, we we have uh, a lot of exciting news around our team. We've we've got uh, we've assembled one of one of the best teams I've ever seen. Um, so I'm very very proud of that. Um, so we'll start to to introduce our team a little bit more. Um, and there's just so much. Sorry, that was just off the top of my head. I, I, we, there's a lot more coming. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just want to say thank you very much for having having me, Carly, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show. And and yeah, look forward to keeping in touch. Absolutely, we're looking forward to hearing what Foran gets up to this year, and hopefully towards the end of the year we can have you on the show again with a pre-feasibility study and a new resource. Thanks, eh, Carly. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.